You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey guys, this is Mike Madano, and you're listening to Sarcastic Remarks. Hey guys, welcome to Sarcastic Remarks. My name is Ryan Chambers, and here in a second, I'm going to be joined by my brothers. Before we start tonight's episode, we want to thank DraftKings for being the sponsor of our episode and also of our entire Hockey Podcast Network. Boy, do we have a lot of things to talk about compared to recent signings, to head coaching vacancy rumors, to all sorts of other stuff. What's going on with the Boston Bruins? Holy crap. And uh, we'll maybe even get into the uh, the playoffs just a little bit as well. But uh, we've also got so much other stuff. I mean, Dennis Gary on off. We've got uh, we got another Who Cares segment, which I'm, I love this one. This is not a stupid one. I came up with this one, so it's not stupid, but... Anyways, I'm going to go ahead and bring in Chris and James. Hey, guys, how are y'all doing? Howdy. James? Oh, hi. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think I lost connection there for a second. James is in. I'm in. I'm here. I'm alive. Somewhat. 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 Chris, you want to tell everybody your exciting news about your test? Oh, yeah, I uh, I would take an online test, and my computer died right in the middle of it, and I had to log back in on another one. It was very scary. I still got a B, though. And you know what they say? Bs get degrees. No, it's D for diploma is what it is. Yeah, it's also Ds get degrees, but whatever. <laughs> you ruined the joke, Ryan. Uh, it is what it is. Well, uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, you guys. Um, like, quite a bit. Um We've got the the signings that we got to get to. We've got to get to, goodness, I actually have to look at the the message that I sent you guys. Uh, we're gonna talk about Neil's to do list this off season and what probably should be the most important thing and some other things that he should be taking care of. Um, we're gonna talk about a little bit about what kind of constitutes a Norris level defenseman. This is just a general NHL question because that's pretty high on the list. Of, uh, across the NHL, there's a lot of speculation about what a good defenseman is, and we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, we're also going to look at uh, what was actually announced today. Uh, the Dallas Stars Hall of Fame, their first ballot for next year, they're taking fan nominations. So there's a group of players and a group of builders, and what they're going to do is they're going to look at that and put them into the Dallas Stars Hall of Fame. So uh, we'll talk about that a little bit, maybe what you guys think of who should be nominated for that right off the bat. And then we'll also do our Who Cares segment like I talked about. So anyways, uh, anything uh, you guys want to mention before we get started into all of this? Because there, there's quite a bit. Nope. I mean, I think we're going to get to everything that I want to talk about. I'm very excited to talk to hear y'all's thoughts on Gurionov, So yeah. Right. So... Let's go ahead and get straight into it with the recent signings that uh, Jim Nail has done. So this is the first thing that he's done this offseason when it comes to anything, really. Uh, this is the the first steps he's made in the offseason. Um, first things first, uh, Petrovic was re-signed to a one-year two-way deal. 
you know, good depth move if, you know, the Stars defense somehow gets uh, completely obliterated. Uh, he's a good depth move, mostly played with the Texas Stars this season. And then we had a interesting move. Uh, they had they signed a Czechia forward who had a really good world championship. He's a former third-round pick of the Edmonton Oilers, 100th overall, uh, Blue Mel, and he got signed to an entry-level deal uh, by Jim Nell there. And then, obviously, the one that just about everybody is talking about when it comes to Stars fandom is the signing of Dennis Garyanov with his one year, which is very good for both ways, in my opinion, his and $2.9 million going that way. So give me y'all's thoughts about, uh, let, let's just put out Blue Mal and Petrovic first, since those are kind of things that we don't really need to talk about as much. Yeah, I mean, they're fine. They're they're solid solid signings for players who might be good in the future. The, the, the forward from Czechia is a very interesting one. I'm kind of intrigued by that, and I, I wonder what he saw in him that decided that he was worth the contract, but who knows? We'll see. That's kind of what I thought about that contract too. Is like, you, you just what did you see at the yeah. at the world championship that made you think, hey, let's go get that guy. Yeah, it was really just like, huh? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I thought I thought it was very weird, but. Well, hey, I mean, it's just an entry level deal. I mean, yeah. if he doesn't work out, he doesn't work out, and if he somehow turns into you know like a good second third line guy, maybe in a couple of years, then that's great too. So. I mean, who knows? So we'll see how all of that goes with uh, both of those guys. But, you know, really early moves by Jim Nill here. Let's go ahead and get into the, the meat and potatoes of this segment in all reality, though, which is the signing of Dennis Garyanov. Um, what does this signing tell you indirectly? Because it, it tells and, me a lot of things. And that 2.9 is the minimum qualifying offer that we could have given him. So that's the lowest amount of money we could have given him, and we only gave him one year as well. So what that says to me is this is kind of his last chance that he can either produce or be gone pretty much. So, And and I think that's the vibes that everyone is getting right now is like, there's, it's not a question. It's he's going to do good this year under a new coach or he's not good. (laughs) Yeah. And I I think I like the decision overall because Garanov is still like, when you look at the the plays he can make and the abilities that he's shown, he has all the tools to be a high powered scorer in the NHL, not not just forward like a true goal scorer, and it just hasn't panned out. So, giving him one last chance here with still, I mean, two point nine, Fox is getting paid more than that, <laughs> so yeah. it's still pretty team friendly contract for the potential that he has. I, I hope he lives up to it, and I hope it's just a coaching thing, but and, we'll see. And that was one thing. I went back and, like, looked at – so his his best year where he led the Stars in goal scoring, right, was 2019, right? If I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty sure it's 2019. I think it was. 1919, I think, yeah. And then the 2020 season was the shortened season and where we switched over to bonus. And since that season, he hasn't looked anywhere near the 2019 season. So, I mean, it, it, it truly can be coaching. And at least from his stats, that's what it looks like. And now he gets the chance to, to prove if, if it, it's just the style that he's in. Yeah. What do you think, Ryan? What are your opinions on the signing? Someone actually asked what I care about? Wow. Uh, I, I didn't. I know. Oh, thanks, James. I appreciate <laughs> you, too. <sighs> Whatever. Um, anyways, uh, 
I, I'm almost in agreement with you, Chris, on just about everything. This is totally a prove me contract. And, uh, I think it's great for both ways, honestly, because Dennis knows that he hasn't been very good the past couple of seasons and he hasn't produced to the level that we need him to, or that he's expected to, or that he probably expects from himself. And it's just a one year deal. So again, it, there, it, I mean, it, it does take a little bit of cap space from you to re-sign other guys, but you kind of knew that was going to have to happen if you were going to re-sign Gary Onuf anyways. He signed for the least amount of money that you could possibly give him as an RFA, right? Right now. They could have waited till you know, uh, after July 1st and signed him for more, but then there's that chance that, you know, someone swoops in and gives him three, three and a half million dollars or something like that. Which they wouldn't. <laughs> so, which they probably wouldn't, but you'd never know. I mean, Kot Kanyemi got six million from the Carolina Hurricanes, and he has not been very good for Carolina. So, that that's just me, but uh, I, I really, really am expecting a bounce back season from him. And, and maybe that's just me being the optimistic uh, fan that I am, but I want to ask this question of you two because I asked this of uh, Hockey Twitter and Stars Twitter, and there was a lot of uh, interesting ideas. But with Dennis Garyanov, what is the expectation or what is the lease that you expect from him with this $2.9 million cap hit? Because I was kind of thinking that a lot of Stars fans would say, you know, 10 to 15 goals, and that would be acceptable. But that wasn't the case from a lot of Stars fans. A lot of Stars fans were saying it's got to be 20-plus to in order for him to live up to that $2.9 million. What, what do you all think? And that's what I was going to say is he has to be 20-plus goals. I don't really care about assists because that's not kind of his his game style. He, he's built to score. So I care that he gets 20 or more goals. And the reason for that is that he is a defensive liability. So he's not a great two-way forward. He is all downhill. He only plays in the offensive zone. He goes and scores goals. Hmm. So if he can make 20 or more goals, I think that makes up for it enough for it to be worth it. Yeah. So. And I mean, you said like what? How many goals, Ryan? 20 plus. How many were you thinking was fine? Oh, I, I was, th- I was, me myself, I was expecting 25 plus, but I was expecting people to say 10 to 15 because the expectations are so low. But well, apparently yeah, but, Stars I mean, fans are still high on him. Well, to be fair, he he still scored eleven goals this season, and we considered that a complete flop. Yeah, so a, complete, a total failure. <laughs> yeah, I mean we're looking at that twenty nineteen season where he he had like twenty plus goals. That's that's what we want from him. That's when we signed him, and that's what we were expecting from him. We're expecting him to be a sec, really a second line goal scorer. Yeah, and twenty plus gets you at you're you're a fine second line player, and I think that's where he has to be. Yeah, I agreed. And uh, I, I there's one particular instance where I want to see Gary Onuf more. And can can y'all think of where I want to see him more on? The power play. Exactly, hundred percent. He needs to be on the half wall, on the power play, and let the bomb go. We well, saw it in the yeah. bubble playoffs, and it was enormous. And that's Everybody 100% talks... a hundred coaching thing. Because you know who was on the half wall for the majority of the season? Miro Haskinen. Right. An idiotic decision, and it I, happened I, the, almost the entire season. It's stupid. I don't think it's idiotic because Miro's, Miro's got a good shot. How does but... he? He does not score with one timers. I don't think he's even scored one one timer this year. 
went while he was on the half wall for probably half the power plays that he was on the ice for. And that, and that's so, fair too. But but no. the, anyways, back to Gary Onoff, which is what we're talking about here. But like, I mean, you someone needs to let it go. Whoever comes in, whoever comes in, Barry Trotz, Pete DeBoer, Mark Savard, whoever needs to come in, throw him on that spot and say, it's okay for you to make mistakes. Because I think one of the problems with Rick Bonus is that, especially with uh, Dennis Garyanov, Dennis Garyanov was afraid to make mistakes because he knew if he made mistakes that he would not get any ice time yeah, and Rick Bonus would scratch would his butt. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So whoever it is, I'm not saying you have to give him just you know full reign. I still think you need to have him on a leash. But you need to tell him that it's okay to make mistakes sometimes. So, and and that is one instance where he needs to be overutilized is on the power play, because that's where he's strong at. We, I mean, we all talk about that goal in the Vegas series where he ended the Vegas ended ended Vegas season, and it was like an what a hundred and two mile an hour shot. Yeah. It was, and we haven't seen mm. that. We have not seen that see shot since. Yeah. We no, never we saw it. it at all. We didn't see it this season. We didn't see it last season. So it, that's got to come back. And I think with a new coach, and we'll, and we'll get into this here in a second, but with a new coach, I think that's going to help a ton. Yeah. And it, I feel bad getting too excited about what a new coach could bring in a situation like that. But, like, the more I talk about it, it's hard to, to not feel like that could change so much. Because, like, you see all the players that re- regressed – offensively as soon as we started not, not even just bones i'll say even to monty because or even true. back to hitchcock because hitchcock started he, hey we're gonna play a solid lockdown defensive game monty comes in he kind of just continues keeps that ball rolling and then bones is like hitchcock plus <laughs> so, so we after the lindy rough era it was just a total flip-flop and there's just no middle ground and that's that's something that sagan said in his uh his like exit interview for for the season is that we haven't found a solid middle ground when we really should like we have offensive players we have defensive players we have two-way players we should be really solid in both areas i feel like a new coach could kind of bring the best of both worlds so we'll see what do you think james uh i've kind of like stated this before when we were talking about coaches before but like I don't really follow enough coaches or anything else at all to know really anything about it. Mm-hmm. But looking at what other other teams have had when they change coaches, I mean, at, at least for those first couple of games, you could tell that people were playing better. And I think the biggest like hope that I get from this season was the coaching change that Montreal took. And then uh, Cole Caulfield, right, just yep. started. He just he turned on as soon as that coach got there. And had had he been with that coach the whole season, he probably he, he probably would have won the Calder Cup. I mean, oh, he, I have he was, no doubt, he was, no doubt in my mind, he's going absolutely insane. So seeing that shows me like how much a new coach could help us. But also, it's just like there's so much that you're not going to know until the season actually starts. So it's it, it it we're hopeful, and I'm specifically hopeful because of what we've seen recently. But we'll we'll see how it goes. 
you're cautiously optimistic, right? Yes. There you go. There, that's that's a good two words to sum up what you just said. Um, uh, Chris, you got anything else to say? Because I think this would be a good segue to to go ahead and start talking about head coaches, head nope. coaches again. Go ahead, segue it. Okay. Uh, choo, segue. Okay, we're gonna go Perfect. straight into yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Yes. Choo, with the with the Super whole smooth. Yeah, I'm really good at that, aren't I? Um. Anyways, uh, so uh, I originally saw this from Dane Lewis on Locked On Stars podcast, but I'm gonna go ahead and mention this, and we're, we're getting straight into the betting odds on the next Dallas Stars head coach, and I am very excited at who is at the top of this list, and for numerous reasons, and I I did a bunch of research on this uh, yesterday and today, and uh, but let me get you, let me do the the odds here, okay? So at, I'm going to start with the bottom of the list and working my way up. I'm not going to do all of them. Uh, Sergey Zuboff, former Dallas Star, current KHL that. head coach, twelve to one odds for becoming the Dallas Stars head coach. So not That'd high odds. Awesome. Um, David Quinn, who I recognize the name, but I don't know a lot about David Quinn, but I know that he's well respected. He was um, a Rangers head coach from 2018 to 2021. There you go. Before Thank they you. were good. <laughs> before they were good. Um, at nine to one odds, you have Rick Tockett, who was rumored to possibly take over from Rick Bonus around the time of the trade deadline, somewhere around there. It never uh, came to fruition, and it kind of died off from there. But he's still a possibility of taking over the head coaching job. Yeah. Um, another one I'm excited about that it's it's not going to happen, but I I wish it could. Uh, Jim Montgomery, nine to one odds for coming back to Dallas and being the head coach. That would be crazy. Um, there, I'm saying heck no to the next one. John Tortorella at 8-1 to one odds. Absolutely. You don't want John Tortorella, odds. Ryan? Okay, I understand it would be bad for the Stars, but, but it, it would, would be, be so fun. much fun. It, it, would, it, would, be it would be hilarious. So it would be hilarious. <laughs> he has... Uh, now on ESPN on their little their little show that they do for the NHL he's he's okay but he is so much better when he's on the other side when he's being interviewed and especially when he's you know hacked off and PO'd he about has a game some crazy oh, statements on ESPN so... he makes yeah, he insane statements like about the about the Ducks two players oh, I can't remember their names right now please give Zegers. me two names Zegers. yeah Zegers and whoever the other guy is. He's like, oh, there's there's such show offs. We we don't need that in the NHL. Like, yeah, we hate show offs. More of that in the NHL. Yeah, cool cool stuff. Ew. Yeah, who wants that? What a statement. But man, it would be exciting. Sorry, move along. Well, Tortorella would be good for a short term, and then he would overstay his welcome, in my opinion. (laughs) Then that's that's the way he's been to at every. I don't think he would be good in the short term. (laughs) No, he would not be good in the short term, especially with the stars. Um, former Dallas star Jeff Halpern, who it used to be a uh, assistant coach for the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't, I'm not sure if he is currently, but I'm, I'm not sure where he is now. I haven't looked too much into Jeff Halpern, but uh, he, he would, I'd be okay with Jeff Halpern. He's, he's okay. It wouldn't be a bad choice. Wouldn't be the best choice. It'd be good um, getting away from the carousel. Right. Exactly. Um, former Dallas star Yerry Lettinen. That's a very interesting choice as well, and and the fact that he is the GM of Team Finland, and F- Team Finland just won gold at the uh, 2022 World Championships for at the IIHF tournament. Yep, and we, he's a he's a big part in our recruiting and scouting out in Finland too. 
That's exactly true. That's I mean, that's where we got uh, Yoel K.V. Ranta. Essa Lindell apparently was put on the radar by Yeri Littinen for the Stars. So that's that's very true. And and it would be very different as well because it would be someone coming from overseas, from you know across the pond in Europe, which we don't see a lot of in the NHL right now. Very few awesome. guys coming from the NHL or from, from overseas. Uh, then the next one is Barry Trotz at seven to one odds. Um, how would you, I'm, I'm curious how you guys would feel about this? How would you feel about a Barry Trotz led Dallas Stars team? First off, uh, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, really, who, don't think who it's going to happen. Barry Trotz, just real quick. He, he won. He won the cup with uh, the Caps, and then he went to the Islanders. Okay. <laughs> yep. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So I don't. People say he's a very similar style to Rick Bones, which is kind of true, but it, he still had some offense, especially especially if you look at what he did in Washington. I mean, Washington wasn't a lockdown defense team. He did what he did with the Islanders because that's the only way he could get him to win. <laughs> so they, I yeah, think I think he's still a massive upgrade on Bones, but I, I prefer to go in the opposite direction, especially seeing the way the playoffs are going right now. It, it, it might have been finally time that the NHL evolved and is now offense, so... Well, I personally don't want to see him because he's just because he's part of the coaching carousel. Yeah, that's I, fair I, too. I don't want to see that, and he's fresh. just too and he's just too much of a defensive minded coach, which is not a which is not a bad thing, but it's not what we need right now, especially with the players that we have and some of the prospects that we have coming up. So that's Agreed. just my opinion. Agreed. So and then so James, do you have anything to to mention about Barry Trotz there? Yeah, I mean, uh, so that's the Islanders that made it to top four back-to-back years, right? Yes, yes, that's right. correct. So, so his system obviously works to get into the playoffs, and he's good in the playoffs. But I mean, I don't remember any names from the Islanders exactly, like offensively. And the only one that I remember from the Capitals is Ovechkin. So, well, the Capitals I, had quite a few. Yeah, so yeah, the, yeah, but the, the like thing... personally, those are the ones like. Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't remember that much from him. So I understand your point. Being the devil's advocate of my own reasoning, Barry Trotz is very good about getting the absolute most out of a team. Like it, it, it doesn't matter what team that he gets. Uh, I mean, like like you said, James, you don't know a ton of players from the New York Islanders yet. They made it to the top four, you know, two years in a row. And this year, I would even give him a pass on it because of the way that the Islanders' season was. Mm. I mean, they, they, yeah, you have to look at the Islanders' situation this past season. They had an, they had numerous amounts of injuries. They had and they a, started they, on like a seventeen-game road trip <laughs> because <laughs> they're, yeah, because they're, you know, their building was not ready yet. And then when they started in that said building, they were dealing with a COVID outbreak. And they they didn't shut the team down for the COVID outbreak. Yeah. So and and that's true, but they handled it the worst possible way. <laughs> like they they melted down. So yeah, I, I disagree with you there, but it, it it doesn't matter either either way. Barry Trotz gets the most out of any team that he's given, and we saw that when he was the, a coach of the Predators for the longest time. The Predators were not always a great team, but you could always count on Barry Trotz on getting the most out of. Uh, his teams wherever he coached so all right well continuing on with the list uh pete DeBoer, former uh vegas and san jose coach at five six to one odds excuse me and 
there, there's a reason why I don't want him. But what, what, what would you guys have to say about Pete DeBoer possibly taking over as the Dallas Stars head coach? I, I wouldn't hate it. I mean, if, if they want to go with someone who has NHL experience, this one's probably the one that I'd rather have. I, other than Barry Trotz, I think he's more balanced of a coach, not as defensive-minded. So, uh, Pete DeBoer is, was the Bruins coach, right? The Knights. The Knights. The Knights head coach. The go- Oh, the Golden Knights head coach. Yeah, I mean... Just, I, I can only judge based off of like their teams because I don't know them well enough. But a, again, I mean, a lot of the a, a lot of these coaches do get to the playoffs. The Golden Knights kind of had a meltdown season this year too. Literally, like injuries every three three seconds. It felt like for them. Well, and, Gallant was their coach this season, so DeBoer yeah. was. Uh... Was DeBoer the coach this season? Maybe I he was. Think he was, yeah. Yes. Go, uh, okay, Golan yeah, was. was. The they fired him at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right yeah. after. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But now, here, here's my thing about Pete DeBoer, though, and I'll uh, educate the two of you. I don't know if you remember the the playoffs. No, sorry, before the playoffs, when Vegas was going on their last little bit trying to get into the playoffs. He totally, 100% did not have a good relationship with Rodman Leonard by the end of the season. And I think that's the reason why he got fired from Vegas is because he he said something about – he basically threw Robin Leonard under the bus when Robin Leonard was, like, tremendously hurt. hurt. Yeah. And Leonard was playing through an injury. And then that's kind of why, like, towards the end we were seeing, you know, Logan Thompson for the, for the Golden Knights is because Robin Leonard was just like, okay, so you're going to throw me under the bus in front of the media? Really? You're, you're going to do that? Okay, I'm not playing. You can throw Logan Thompson in there. I'm going to go take take care and get the surgery that I need if you're just going to throw him under the bus like that. So that's that's the only reason why I wouldn't really want Pete DeBoer because, I mean, that relationship you have to have with your goaltender is very important. Yeah. And if, the- if there's anything that I really can commend Rick Bonus on is he had a very good relationship with Jake Ottinger and, and you know, making sure that, uh, Jay Gottinger had a lot of confidence going into games and stuff like that. But with his style, his, his I like the way that Pete DeBoer coaches. And I, I think it, it might work well for the Stars. There also has to be so. something, something has to be said about Leonard's personality as well, though, too. Because Leonard also, as you could tell from his tweets and comments that he's made in the media before, he is a very loud personality, too. So... Maybe not the easiest guy to have a good relationship with, right? But you still you don't throw your number one goaltender under the bus when true. he's when he's hurt and he's trying to get your team to the playoffs. That's true. That's just me. That that that's like a character thing coming out of Pete DeBoer. But whatever. I mean, whatever. However you look at it, that's kind of why I would be a little iffy on taking Pete DeBoer. But whatever. And then uh, the best odds for. The next person to be the Dallas Stars head coach is none other than the Windsor Spitfires. He coaches Wyatt Johnson, a first-round Dallas Stars prospect in said team. Mark Savard. What what would y'all think about Mark Savard being the head coach of the Dallas Stars? I have no idea who Mark Savard is. I know he coaches for the Spitfire and he coaches one of our prospects. Cool, sure. I assume he's a high-goal-scoring 
high offense coach because that's what that league is pretty much. But the reason why I would like it is just because it's outside the NHL and it's a fresh perspective. So I think that that's a good thing overall. So you want more education? Yeah, educate me. I know a lot about this. Okay. So here here's the thing about uh Mark Savard. He is a a very a good coach, obviously. He's he's taking his team to the OHL championship right now. He's He's, that's where he is currently. He took his, the Windsor Spitfires there. And uh, Wyatt Johnson's playing really well for them right now, too. First things first, he is an offensive-minded coach, and that's exactly what the Stars need right now with the players they have, and we need to get the most offensively out of the players that we have. Here's the other thing about all of this stuff. It's really cool, okay? Mark Savard, his career was cut short because of injuries. He went into coaching. He won the Stanley Cup with the Boston Bruins with none other than Mr. Tyler Sagan. So when Tyler Sagan won the Stanley Cup in his first two seasons, I forget if it's his rookie year or his sophomore year. It was his rookie year. It was with, okay, so it was his rookie year. So he won it with Mark Savard on that team. You know who else was on that team? Rich Peverly. Rich Peverly is currently the director of player development for the Dallas Stars. Tyler Sagan is obviously a player on the Dallas Stars team right now. Bro for there, real. No way. <laughs> there is a lot of connections for Mark Savard to come to the Dallas Stars right now. And I, I think that gets me really excited because I think he can get the most out of those two guys. Specifically, I'm talking about Sagan and Ben. We got to have more offense out of both of those guys. But he's proven himself in the OHL that he can – develop young guys which is exactly another checkbox that the stars need and so and also that we're going to have players uh that are that are coming up from those junior leagues that uh, i'm sure at least one or two are going to be playing on the team this season so yeah okay that's good research ryan i like it makes sense to me right and i'm also not done i got a little bit more with it too so Obviously, he's a former Boston Bruins player, right? Mm-hmm. What just happened with the Boston Bruins recently? Cassidy's Dunzo. Cassidy was fired as the head coach. So there's a lot of speculation that he could return to Boston and be the coach for the Boston Bruins. Now, it, when I first thought about that, I was kind of like, yeah, that kind of makes some sense. But then I thought even further, and there's a lot of reasons not to go to Boston right now. Um, because Boston is on the decline. I mean, they're. I don't see how they make the playoffs next season, and they've got uh, like half of their de- their starting defensemen, half of their top six defensemen are not going to be on the team to start the season because of injuries. Marchand is going to be out to start because he's he's hurt as well, and then Bergeron is considering retiring, and then so, Post is considering changing teams because he didn't like that Cassidy got fired. That's I'm not on the sure. Rumor mill today. I'm not so sure about that. I mean, he could be, uh, but I, I just don't see it. But, I mean, if I'm Mark Savard and I'm looking to further my career, I don't want to go to Boston. As much as I love the team and the fact I played for them and stuff like that, that's not a good situation to put yourself in. When you look at the Stars, the Stars are a team that is in the middle of the league. They're literally a mediocre team with – with promise of being pushed forward, being in the top 10, if you can push the right buttons. 
and they've got all the young guys that that you can possibly want and and you know coming forward and yeah. stuff you've got veterans who you've played with previously you've got connections to the mm-hmm. Dallas Stars because you're you're uh um oh my goodness I lost my train of thought there um players you're coaching, from Boston are there well yeah Wyatt Johnston because you're te- you're coaching Wyatt Johnston right now so he's got all these connections to the Stars plus this seems to be like a good situation for him, for his for his coaching career. Yeah. To, to make a long story short, it seems like Dallas is a much better opportunity than Boston is right now. Right. So, and, Which I and, agree with. And that's just complete pure speculation for me looking at all the intangibles when it comes to Dallas and Boston. Makes sense. I agree with you, Ryan. Your research is impeccable on this one. Yeah. I did a lot of research. A plus. You can't peck it. I, you can't peck it. Not once. You can't peck it. <laughs> Uh, see, Chris, you got a B. I got an A plus. Loser. I'll take a B. Um. Anyways, <laughs> anyways. Uh, anything else we need to talk about with uh Stars head coaching stuff? Who who, who do you want? It sounds like you want Savard, Ryan. Is that oh, correct? Oh, I am. I am dead set, head over heels for Mark Savard right now. God. And it, it now, if it's not Mark Savard, I would. It, I don't. I don't even want to look past that because I really want Mark Savard that bad. I so, want Lettinen. You want Lettinen? That would be awesome. I wouldn't. I wouldn't that would mind. Be so cool. I would not mind Lettinen. I would not mind Jeff Halpern, Jim Montgomery. I wouldn't even mind Rick Tockett because I think Rick Tockett kind of was given a bad hand with the Arizona Coyotes. So I think he's a better coach than uh, than uh, his record says. I I but... don't want Rick Tockett because like that's exactly what people said about Rick Bones too. It was like, oh well, he he coached bad teams. Like, okay, your record sucks though. Like, come on. Yeah, you were good, you would win. Bonus was at multiple different teams. He had a chance to coach multiple different teams as a yes. head coach. But so. I like Yuri Lettinen because, first of all, the whole Finnish thing, like, we are the Finnish hockey team in the NHL. And, like, That's if true. we have Yuri Lettinen as our coach, like, that, that just compounds. We'll just be we'll, – we'll be Team Finland for the NHL. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, an, another name that uh, is not – well, two names that are not dropped on here, actually. First off is Bruce Cassidy. Um, which is new which is new which i mean and i think they even included it in the odds here he's just not on in the top part of this list but i don't want bruce cassidy and there's a specific reason why but l- let me get y'all's thoughts on bruce cassidy and you know what do you think he might be an okay fit for the stars what do you think it, I, I have the same opinion as i have for pete DeBoer, kind of like yeah it'd be fine it'd be the safe thing to do but I, I don't want to do the safe thing. James, do you know enough about Bruce Cassidy to form an opinion? Not really, no. Not really? I don't know enough about any of these dudes, right? And, <laughs> Y'all keep I throwing mean, out names. They're like, okay, who's that? Ed? Who's that? Ed? Who's that? Letting, oh, I know that one. I know that yeah, one. Yeah, I knew that one. I knew that one. You're like, uh, you're like Captain America in uh, the first Avengers film, and he's like, I get that reference. Yes. But exactly. But uh, – the, I don't know much about Bruce Cassidy either, other than the fact that he's his winning percentage for the seasons he was in Boston, they were all over uh, 600% or Very high. 60%, 60%, 600%. That would be insane. Uh, but 60%. And, but the one thing that worries me is an article that came out actually today and the fact that uh, Don Sweeney fired him because the the players didn't seem to be responding to him, 
and that some the message that Bruce Cassidy was trying to get was getting to some of the players and and, and not a positive way. So that kind of that kind of scares me a little bit. I mean, where there's smoke, there's going to be some fire, right? If that makes any sense. That that may or may not be true, but there's at least some truth to it, if you ask me. I don't know. I feel that sounds like a real bullcrap answer. Like, oh, they just weren't responding. Like, okay. But it just doesn't make any sense why Boston Bruin would fire their head coach unless they were looking to rebuild. Which also doesn't make any sense because they just... The, they got the Ducks defenseman, Hampus Lindholm, traded for him and then signed him to an eight-year deal. And he's 28 years old, so he's in the prime of his career. So it it, it, just, it just doesn't make sense. I, I'm, I'm not sure what's going on there. And that's Easiest the only thing, thing I can think to blame is coaching. They had an off year. Easiest thing to do is change your coach. Right, but but he it, they didn't have an off year. They didn't have an off year. They still made the playoffs, and the Boston Bruins, are they didn't replace a lot of the guys that they've lost. Tuka Rask, gone. Zdeno Chara, they never really replaced it. Like, good Zdeno Chara. They never really replaced him. Same thing with uh, David Krejci, their second-line center who went home to the Czech Republic this past season. So it, it they, they just didn't re- replace any of those guys, and they've just kind of been trying to, you know, stay afloat to say they're a playoff slash Stanley Cup contender. And I, I don't think it was Bruce Cassidy's fault, so I'm just shocked that he got fired that's just me but whatever so and then uh the other name that a a lot of stars fans actually really want is current st louis assistant coach the og otter steve ott uh what what would y'all think about uh somebody like steve ott he doesn't show up in the odds here as the next dallas stars head coach but what do you this one is pretty out there kind of like yuri Littinen, but similarly i think it would be epic i would i would, I would love, love it, it. I, just because he was a fan favorite when he was a player and uh i'm sure he's learning a lot from craig berube who won the stanley cup back in 2019 so there's some stanley cup pedigree to his name right there so uh i i just don't i i don't know it's weird to think of him as the head coach of the dallas stars <laughs> it's just so weird but stars we fans would go ballistic. we would love it Oh, yeah, we we could do no wrong. Right. The, yeah, the fan base would absolutely love it. Don't get me wrong. But would it be an actual would it actually be a good move for yes. the Dallas Stars coming going forward? I, I don't know the answer to that. I really don't. So that's just me though. Okay. Uh all right. I don't even know what's next, guys. What's next? We don't have it pulled up, bro. Oh, come on. Uh uh. Up next uh, we're we're is... in full off-season mode, man. Our brains are turned off. off. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Stars fans. The pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, Nils' to-do list. Okay. Um, we kind of already talked about uh, I th- what I think should be the absolute first thing he should do is to get the head coach. So we don't need to really talk about that anymore. That needs to be his first priority is finding a head coach. And maybe he's already found one and they just haven't announced it for some reason. So well, I think they're going to wait until playoffs and stuff are done and interview everybody. So like, uh, like you mentioned, I can't know. I already forgot their name. Spitfires. Uh, yeah. Like Spitfires. And like, uh, like Ott is probably just now getting off and Lettinen is probably just now getting back from championship stuff. So I think it, It'll it'll take at least a month until we know. So after that, what what would y'all's biggest uh, things be on your to do list of your gym now? Like, well, what's the most important thing to take care of after finding that head coach? Most important thing is to resign your core. So that's to resign the robo and resign the otter. Uh, after that. I honestly think the most important thing for him to do is to not do too much. And like we've talked about this entire offseason so far, we want the young guys to fill those spots. We'll see how much money we have left over after everyone is signed. Maybe we can go out and get a second line forward. But other than that, I don't think I want anything else. Like I want those young guys. I want those spots to be open. I want our young guys playing. I'm kind of just on the same page as you right now, Chris. I mean, if we go out and we sign, realistically, like, our fourth line is kind of, like, wide open right now. I mean, really, anyone could play on it. I mean, you got Glenn Denning, who's going to play on that fourth line, and Foxa, right? And that that's going to be more of the checking line, which might end up being the third line instead. But, like, you got one full line open, and last year we just filled that all with veteran presence. So, yeah. and I think it's worth it to leave that open and get some, because if you fill that with veterans, you know what you're getting. You're getting solid defense player you can play every night. With with the rookie guys, you're getting the chance of having a crazy goal scorer like Robo come in, or like Hints, or like Guriano when he first started. So let, let's give us that opportunity because we're not going to be a championship team without that. If we go out and hire the exact same veterans like we did, we're going to be in the exact same place next year. We're going to be bubble team trying to scrape by, and we're done with that. Here's it. I'm in agreement with you that you got to sign Robertson and you got to resign Otter. That's got to be, you know, priority number one. You got to show them that you care about them and that, you know, you want them to be a part of this core of this team. And uh, I was actually asked the question on a, on a, and another podcast this past week is, uh, you know, how much longer does the Jamie Ben Tyler Sagan core have? And I kind of answered the question with, they're already done. <laughs> There's yeah, already another not core the here. Core anymore. Yeah, they're, that's exactly what I said. Is they're not the core anymore. You, you got the young guys now. Um, so you got to take care of those guys and make sure that they get paid, you know, for what they deserve. 
Robertson because of his regular season, Otter because of his performance in the playoffs for those two reasons only. Um, but let me ask you uh, this question because there was a, I think over here someone said, uh, Eric, Eric, good friend of the show and loyal listener of the show. He says, sign a scorer. So after Robertson and Otter are signed with whatever money we have left, if we have any, he's saying sign a top six scorer. And that's what I'm saying. If you can afford someone who is definitely, without a doubt, a top six scorer, absolutely do it. But look, we might not have enough money to do that. Is the thing I'm thinking of. And if we if we have enough money to go buy another raffle, I don't want to do it. I'd save the money. Is what I'm saying. And and also Ar- Ardell coming in and saying uh, that some of our rookies this year are not going to be AHL eligible meaning that either they have to go to the juniors or the NHL level. So, I think that's all three of our big junior players fall under that umbrella. I think it's just Johnson and Stakeoven. No, it's all three. I think it's Bork. And, and uh, the reason why they do that is the, the CHL, which is the governing body of the uh, Canadian Major Junior Leagues, has a deal set forth with the NHL that – if the player does not play in the NHL, then the player is returned to the their CHL team. And that's just so that the CHL can keep their superstars and they can market those guys and they have a relevant league, which I mean, which makes total sense. Yeah. So you'll you'll hear this term kind of put out a lot, which is a 10-game tryout. If they get to the 10th game, then they're in the NHL. Just flat out like that. That's that's the deal. So you can play all three of those guys for nine games, and then you can make a decision from there at the absolute latest. And that's what you can do if you want to try them out. Now, the and Ardell is, is 100% right, that they're not going to be in the AHL uh, next season. There's no way that they can. That I think next season, Wyatt Johnson for sure can be in the AHL. But uh, we don't want that anyway, though. <laughs> we don't want that anyway, right? We yeah. want these guys to be in like right now. So that's just me. But in, in anyway, I, I don't want to sign a a free agent at all. But if you had to sign a free agent for a score that might work for the stars, can can y'all think of anybody off the top of your head that I might work? I haven't even looked at free agency right now. Not mm-hmm. on the radar. Right. So okay. So I've got uh potential ufas for next season and i sorted them by uh the highest goal scores because that's obviously what we need right okay so here's who's available and i'll, I'll just say <laughs> like the first i don't know like maybe 20 25 here and some of these are going to be outside our price range by the way so yeah you, you can't pick some of these guys i looked up the list but, <laughs> uh, philip forsberg 42 goals johnny goudreau 40 goals no way nazim kadri 20 20- 28 goals. David Perron. Uh, I am Val Nichushkin, Uh Patrice Bergeron. Nino Niederreier. Andre Burakovsky. Evander Kane. Heck no. Uh, Vincent Trocek. Uh, Claude Giroux. Paul Statsny. Uh, Ryan Strom. Andrew Kopp. I mean, the list goes on and goes on. And there's a lot. I mean, there's quite a few. And the there's only a couple that I would honestly consider considering the uh, – the cap that the stars have because they're not going to have a lot of room no matter what they're not going to have seven eight million so the you only could have guys five or six though 
They could have five or six, but that's still not enough to get players like Philip Forsberg. Philip Forsberg is going to get like eight, nine, maybe even ten million, in my opinion. Uh, but you could probably get a guy like maybe Vincent Trocheck, uh, maybe like a Andrew Kopp. Andrew Kopp has been really good for the Rangers in the playoffs. Um, but what really intrigues me is guys like Frank Vitrano and Mason Marchment. So guys that were on really high high level offenses. Uh, this past season, and uh, you know they did they did okay, and I'd, and they would I mean, they wouldn't cost it, very much money. My question for you on that one is: Does that inflate their numbers, and they actually yeah. won't score that much, or did they learn how to play on a high potency offense? Is is kind of that's a big question on guys like that. And that's exactly what I was thinking as well. And and, and depending on the price, maybe that's a risk you take if yeah. he, if they're only going to cost you two two and a half million. Um, but I don't, I don't know. So uh, th- those are two guys, in my opinion, that I might look at them. But I'd be like, you know what? Let let's let's hear it. Let's see it. So yeah, I don't know. I won't hate it as long as they have more than ten goals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, fifteen goals would be uh, would be good for for us as well. But anyways, uh, you know, one other player we haven't talked about that should get consideration for the top six is Jacob Peterson. I mean, that's. I, I believe that's another guy that could totally benefit and from an offensive. I, I'm just. Coach. I'm lumping him. He was kind of on the stars this year, yes, but I am lumping him back in with all of our prospects that we have, yeah. and that's why. This even though he played a majority of the of the time in the NHL this season, when he did play, his minutes were crazy reduced. So yes, I'm still lumping him in with the prospects, and I'm saying those guys are just going to fight for spots. So and I'm not still, even saying he still had 16 goals. Guy. Yeah, He's really. Had, I think, he had 16 goals with with minimized yeah. minutes, like you said. I think yeah, I think he should be considered a top of that prospect group, but I still think he's in that same that same area. He's not proven. I think he'll probably be on the roster next year, almost regardless. Though, I mean, if he if he plays the same way at the beginning of uh, of the preseason, and he's playing the way like he was the beginning of last year, he'll probably at at the minimum, get like a fourth line role. And he was just—he yeah. had I so agree. many. He had I so agree. Many, I'm just like, saying he has to fight goals. for a spot, just like all the other prospects are going to have to. Oh, I yeah. think that's just going to be—that's the mantra we want for the offseason. Is like we've—we've we've been talking about how great our prospects are for like four years now, and we're done with it. I'm tired of talking about it. Let's see them. And this is exactly why I don't really want to go out and get any free agents. Like you said, Chris, just try to keep it the same. Don't do too much, like you mentioned. Because you've got all of these guys who, I mean, you've got so many darts that somebody's got to stick, right? Somebody's got to stick. Multiple somebody's got stick. Jacob Peterson, Wyatt Johnson, Logan Stankoven. I mean, all of these young Kiwi guys. Ronta. Kiwi Ronta. Kiwi <laughs> Ronta. Oh, but Kiwi Ronta now. But, He's a dart. <laughs> but, but I mean, like, one of these guys it has got to give, you know, should be given a chance on that second line. And, and if you just go out and get a free agent and you sign him to a one-year deal or a two-year deal for, like, two, two and a half million, you're going to feel obligated to play him because of the cap hit that he has. Yeah. So that's that's just me. And plus, these guys are cheap. Right now, they're yeah. cheap. So, I mean, that saves you cap money for later on. So yeah. It's a, it's a high-risk, high-reward play, and we want high-reward. We are tired of low-risk, mediocre hockey teams. Right. So, come on, Nil. 
do what you know is right. You started well. He started well so far. He's got to keep it going. Right. And, uh, well, well we, we need to keep going because it's already yeah. too late. We're it's running out of time, so I think we're going to have to skip... We'll, we'll save the Nor- Norris yeah. Trophy. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the Norris Trophy another time, because uh, we did talk a lot about uh, Dallas Star stuff. But okay, anyways, uh, let me go ahead and pull this up while I'm talking. But the Dallas Stars recently put on their, uh, basically on all their social media feeds, that they are starting the Dallas Stars Hall of Fame, and they're taking fan nominated ballots to see you know, what the fans think of who should be nominated in the inaugural class of 2022. So there is a a bunch of names. There's like a list of, you know, qualifications that these guys have to meet, whether they're a former player or whether they're called a builder, which is what the Dallas Stars are kind of putting into it. And uh, I'm not going to go through all the, you know, all that stuff, but I I am like all the specific qualifications because there's quite a bit. But what I do want to go into is the players that are mentioned in this uh, nomination process. So um, let me see if I can find them. Here we go. Okay, so I'm just going to go through, and there's a list of about 25 to 30, and I want you guys to pick maybe like your top two, maybe top three, maybe four if you can't you know, pick one, of players who you think should make the inaugural class of 2022. And remember... They're only taking one player and one builder in the inaugural class. So it's not like it's like Wowza. four or five guys. So it's just one every single year. But here's the guys. Stu Barnes, Ed Belfour, Philip Boucher, Guy Carboneau, Sean Chambers, um, Shane Churla, Ulf Dahlin, Trevor Daly, Vern Fiddler, Dave Gagne, uh, Nicholas Grossman. I, I used to love Nicholas Grossman. Uh, Darian Hatcher, Benoit Hogue. Tony Kurak, who I actually don't know. I need to look more into him. Brett Hall, Mike Keane, Jamie Lingenbrenner, Kari Lettinen, Doug Lister, Craig Lugwood, Brad Lukowicz, Grant Marshall, Richard Matvidchuk, goodness, Brendan Morrow, Joe Neuendijk, Steve Ott, Derek Plante, David Reed, Mike Ribeiro, Stefan Robidaw, what a great guy he was, Brett Severin, John Sim, Brian Scruglin, Blake Sloan, Daryl Sador, Mark Tenorti, Marty Turco, Roman Turek, and Pat Verbeek. So, so in, in the Hall of Fame, we're not going to be putting people who have their numbers retired. Well, they're num- they're technically already part of the Dallas Stars Hall of Fame. Okay. So that's just Letnin, creating it. Madonna, okay. Zuboff, uh, Bill Goldsworthy. Those guys are already in. Period. Got it. So there. So these are these are guys that are not you know might not, not recognized yet not recognized to enough to where they get their number retired but they still deserve some sort of recognition and this is the way the stars are doing it is the hall yeah. of fame okay. that they're creating so any, any names that stick out to you guys in who you think should be in part of the inaugural class Darian Hatcher first of all I mean the captain of the stars Stanley Cup winning team lots of people think his number should be retired and should have been I don't know enough but I think he he's definitely should be the first overall guy because just the way that that he uh, that he exemplified the rest of the '99 team and the, the way that they fought and the way that they battled every night, I just think that would be a great great first nominee into the Hall of Fame and started off on the right foot. 
much better than a guy like Kari Lennon. That mm, tough. I I don't even know like most of the people that Ryan just said, but when Ryan said Hatcher, I knew that that's that was a really big player. So yeah, be... I and and I don't know Hatcher from literally anything else because he's not recognized by anything else, and I still recognized his name. So yeah, exactly. Even James, the uneducated one, knows it. The uneducated one. <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, there's a couple of names on here that I don't even know who they are. Uh, now, I'm I'm the old one of the three of us, so I know almost all of these names. But, uh, like, Doug Lister? I need to look into that. I have no idea who that is. Uh, I mentioned uh, Tony Hurak. I don't know who that yep. is. I don't even know if I'm saying his name right. Um, who else? Uh, I know I know who that is. Yeah. It- Derek Plante? And, and those are fine people to add eventually, maybe. But when you're starting something off, I think getting it on the right foot is very important. So somebody like Hatcher should be one of the first people in. Someone who's a classic guy that classic Stars fans know and would just start it off with the utmost respect. Um, anybody else on this list who you would consider, maybe? I'll tell you one other name that I recognized. Okay. Trevor Daly. <laughs> Trevor Daly. Yeah. The only other one that I really recognized that well. I mean, Besides, like, obviously the ones that were retired. Brendan Morrow's another good one, but it, just the level of success. I mean, he, he's actually re- really similar to Hatcher, in my opinion. Like, just played his heart out every single night. But Hatcher was the one who had the success and in, in cemented it in in the league. So it has to be Hatcher. Belfour's a good one. T- Turco is... Is the same way is the same way Moro is to Hatcher. I feel like so Turco's a big guy, but Eddie's just the step above on on the on the on the tower. So I think it's got to be Hatcher. See, I, I disagree with you. I do. I, I mean, I really disagree with you. And Who do you think it is? I think there's several players I would put before uh, Who? before Hatcher. Um, as good as Hatcher was, he was an amazing player for the Dallas Stars, but. I'm mostly looking at duration more than anything, okay? And, like, how successful they were for a long period of time, okay? And I I think that's one of the things that gets you into the regular Hockey Hall of Fame, right? Okay, give me a name. Marty Turco. Hmm. Marty Turco would be my choice. And But if I had to pick a second guy, Brendan Morrow. So I would would. You're literally on the opposite of me, then. (laughs) Marty Turco. I would put Rock. y'all are arguing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know we had, we had that one moment of peace with our last two care segment. That one moment of peace. Yeah, such so a beautiful piece. So I would put uh, Marty Turco, Brendan Morrow, and then maybe I would. No, no, no. Yeah, the next one would be Darian Hatcher, in my opinion. I mean, so. I Darian Hatcher was on the stars for ten years straight and was the captain of the team. In started in the start with the stars as soon as they started in dallas i mean he's like he's a foundation player and won the cup with them as their captain i don't know okay but who's who do you think was a bigger influence on the stars hatcher or morrow hatcher really I think you're skewed by your age. You really started watching hockey, and Morrow was the guy, and he was a great captain. I fully agree with you. When Dad is watching hockey, Hatcher was that exact same way. 
and he won the cup with them and started the Dallas Stars. Like he was on the North Stars when they moved to Dallas. So yeah. he's like foundation. Started James is a reason why hockey is a great is so big in Texas what? already. You should go get dad like right now and tell him to <laughs> to get his butt over here and and figure out this dispute and who's right. Maybe I can get a statement. Who's your favorite son? Who's your favorite son, Chris or Ryan? Oh, that's easy. And why I, is I, went to, I went to his alma mater, so it's obviously me. Yeah. <laughs> well, so the, that's just my my reason. I I would put Marty Turco, but uh, again, you you make good uh good arguments for that, Chris. Uh, obviously for for Darian Hatcher. So, uh, James, you're gonna have to do a lot of research to figure out who you would put in first, though. All right. I don't know. So, that Ryan. sounds like a lot of work, Ryan. Uh, well, you know it's hey, not I, a lot of work? Or who, who cares, cares segment, cares? baby? Yay. Ryan, you came up with this idea. Introduce our who cares segment. Okay. So we literally did not come up with this until literally 30 seconds before we came on here. As, as per usual. Recently. As per, as usual, per which usual. is, But that's, that's how these things turn out. So. so today I was at the store, and I drank this during lunch. Code red, Mountain Dew. Mountain so Dew. we are doing that... our top three Mountain Dews. Mountain Dews. Mountain Dews. Christian, number three. Uh, you can just say the color if you don't know the flavor. I know the flavor. How dare you? How, yeah, that how is... dare you, Ryan? <laughs> that is. Uh, number three, we're going to go Mountain Dew Major Melon. This is the watermelon flavored Mountain Dew. I don't like you anymore, Chris. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's quite strange, but still solid, and the bottle is very cool looking. Major Melon, number three. I'm James? sorry. Major Melon just isn't good. It's not. I, I just can't agree with you there. I'm sorry. You're wrong. I, I, okay, I'll be, I'll be wrong. Just for you, though, Chris. Thank you. Uh, I'm struggling because I have recency bias right now, but I'm just going to go with my recency bias. Do, so, do it. Do it. So my number three is going to be actually code red. So my number okay. three is code red for now. Any specific nice. reason? Uh, it, it, it's it, when it came out, it was just like, oh hey look, a new Mountain Dew flavor, and then everyone was like, wait, this is better than the original Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can we at least agree that like the original Mountain Dew is probably one of the worst ones? Yes, I'll agree can with you. Can we agree on that? I, I can agree I, with that. I, I am not going to necessarily disagree with y'all, but I do not mind original Mountain Dew at all. So. It, it's just, it's, it's weird Sprite. Yeah, it, it is weird I, Sprite. Yeah. That is fair. That no, is don't fair. get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I don't hate it, but it's not one of the best three flavors. So yeah, it, like, if, you're set, if you're set between, like, multiple different flavors, you're not going to pick the regular Mountain Dew. Exactly. No, that's exactly right. But, like, like, if, if I'm at Mountain the gas Dew, station... If, if you got like the regular Mountain Dew and you got water, you're gonna drink the regular Mountain Dew. Yeah. All right, Ryan, number three. Okay, number three for me, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I don't even know what it's called, like the actual name of it. Uh, oh, it's what called Spark. 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 Uh, it's the, the red, pink, the pink red lemonade. Pink. Lemonade. It is not pink lemonade. You are wrong. It's not it is like raspberry, raspberry lemonade. lemonade. You oh, idiot. excuse me. You buffoon. You <laughs> don't even know what. It, you oh, don't okay. even know what flavor it so, is. It is like the third best flavor. Um, there, I used to not like it, and then I was actually at Porter's one day. Porter's is a, is a uh, 
small regional uh, grocery store chain out here in West Texas. And uh, they had them in like the, the front little thing, you know, they try and entice you with, you know, cold drinks right by the registers. And I saw it and I was just like, yeah, you know what, why not? And then I got hooked on those for like a good three months. And now it's like my third favorite flavor. So that's just me though. All right. My number two, we're going code red, just like James said. We first had this. It was amazing. It's, it is smoother than all the other Mountain Dews. Can't describe it, but it is. It's smoother. Don't know why. The Rush of Cherry flavor, delicious. Any other, <laughs> do you, Name another cherry soda. You can't. You can, you can have sodas that have cherry flavor. This is cherry-flavored soda. One of a kind. Great Dew. Code Red. And a dope name. Cherry Simon Up. That's not cherry flavored. That's Seven Up with cherry flavoring. Okay. You could whatever. say that it's Mountain okay. Dew with cherry flavoring. Okay, okay it's whatever. Not. I'll it's do not. my number two now. <laughs> my number two is gonna be Mountain Dew Baja Blast. It, I mean, <gasps> oh, it's good. It's amazing. I love it. But, uh, I mean, is it's not my number one right now. So, really, I'm surprised at you, James. It's good. It's good. Don't get me wrong. It, it, that's why I was like, I'm gonna go with my recency bias right now because it, it's just kind. Of, it, it's a recent development, okay? <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, I Mountain Dew Baja Blast is so good, but it's not my favorite right now. So, Chris, it, it, it's. I think you spoke. I'm exasperated energy. right now. Talk to me. Twenty dollar word. You put the stupid watermelon in your top three. Yeah, yeah. You have no re- room to say anything, Christian. I admit the wa- it it's stupid. disgusting. The watermelon <laughs> one is disgusting. It's stupid, but it's good. No. Okay, it's Ryan. Ryan, what's your number two? Yeah, what's your number two, Ryan? Number t- y'all won't like my number one, I don't think. But number two is Code Red. Code Red is is my number two. No. All right, my number one. If it wasn't obvious, Baja Blast, greatest (laughs) thing ever. It's at least fifty percent of the reason I ever go to Taco Bell. It is delicious. I don't even know what's in it. It's like lime, I guess. But it it's the best. It is amazing. It's not out for summer yet. I can't find it. I have not found the Baja Blast. It should be out in stores. I should be having a can of it right now. But alas. Come on, Mountain Dew. Alas, put it in the stores. Alas, Ryan, don't, mm. don't, don't, <laughs> alas. Make, don't get me going again. Baja Blast, number one. <laughs> James is wrong. Far none. Baja Blast, James. Okay, James, uh, I'm, I'm really my, curious. Explain. I'm really curious. Okay, my favorite right now is the Spark flavor. It is the freaking pink? amazing. Really, raspberry I lemonade. Love the raspberry lemonade. I tried it. And it was so freaking good, and I've been buying it every single time I go to the gas station now. <laughs> recency bias really it's does a number bias, on maybe. But it is, it's so freaking good. I love it. Well, I don't have a prop for my number one. But my number one is not Baja Blast. Unlike Baja Chris Blast Knight's is fan. in your top three? No, no it's, it's not. not. I know exactly oh, what you're going to pick. Okay, James, what am I going to pick then? You're going to pick the stupid Voltage flavor. I hate you both. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Blue Raspberry. I I, I love Blue is Raspberry blue? anything. Yeah, yeah it, is. it is. So I, I love Blue I love Mountain Dew Voltage. It's it's obviously the blue one. If you blue Raspberry, Citrus, it's really and good. Ginseng. Whatever the heck that is. I don't even know is. what the heck that is, but it's amazing. <laughs> I love it. It's, like, it's the best of the Mountain Dews. 
And, you know, I, I think we were spitting facts over here, but Ardell and Eric do not agree with us and the fact that OG do is top two, yeah, here, they, according they, to Ardell. Yeah, they disagree with almost all of our picks, but whatever. <laughs> right. Baja Blast not being in your top three is a crime. Everyone in the world disagrees with you. Everyone no. in the world. You put a lemonade above Baja You too, James. You put lemonade <laughs> above Baja Blast. Sorry, I didn't mean to get you in on you, this, James. I'm I sorry you had melon in your top Probably three. Me- you're you're yours just wrong. Worse. I'll accept that. But yours I still have worse. Baja Blast above the melon. You have no, the yours lemonade. is worse. Lemonade Baja Blast should be in Ryan's lemonade top three. Soda. But other than that... That's ridiculous. No. All right. right. Ardell's spitting facts over here, apparently. Uh, Padre Chambers needs to set the record straight. Regular do number one and Hatcher over more over Moro <laughs> every day, all day. No, disagree. I don't even think Dad has both. had another Mountain Dew flavor. <laughs> right? Does he even know that there's other Mountain Dew flavors? Maybe I'm sure not. he does. Yeah, no, at least now he does because he, he's hey, hearing us. All I'm saying is that the Spark version has a diet version of it. So the Zero, it, it's okay. I, I've had it. I've because... had it actually. <laughs> I just get the normal one. But it, it's nowhere near as good as the as the original. But that's just me. All right, so, I'm done. Okay, Chris is done because he completely Chris is disagrees sad. with us. He's depressed because all of us had different lists. And uh, I didn't that, put Baja Blast on my as my number one. It, it's weird how different our lists were, considering that we all kind of like grew up on the same thing. <laughs> I like, thought they were going to be the exact same. And they were all completely different. <laughs> I thought all of our top twos were going to be the same. I guess I'm wrong. Nope. You know, the the whole foaming soap thing was too good to be true. It was, yeah, it was. <laughs> that we had it was unity for was one episode. Unity. <laughs> Okay, guys, we're going to call it quits here tonight. Uh, just real quick, uh, we're, we got a lot of things I got to talk about and announce here. Stars Fan Stories is continuing on uh, over the next course of the couple of weeks. Hopefully you guys saw my little graphic that I put up over social media. We got lots of guys coming in. Mullet Mike, 2022 Dallas Stars Fan of the Year, actually just recently did an interview with me and Chris. You can go check that out now. We've got lots of other interviews set up. I now have about nine nine interviews set up over the course of the off season. So we got about two a week, like I said, so I'm really excited oh, to continue that. <laughs> um, I was actually on a bunch of podcasts uh, this week. First off, I was on grit and Barrett podcast. If you want to go and check that out, I talked about the Dallas stars and uh, his series of episodes. He calls game over. And I, I did that there. And then I also actually did an episode just before church this morning, about five o'clock with Locked On Stars, Dane Lewis. So that should be dropping probably tomorrow, I think. So if you want to go check that out as well, uh, you know, if you like me that much, go for it. Crossovers. If you don't, don't, look, don't listen to it. So. Crossovers. But anyways, guys, go out and follow us on social media. Do all the reviews. Chris, stop winking. That's weird. We're related to you. No, stop. Especially with the smile. Double wink. Anyways, guys, along with Chris, along with James, my name is Ryan. We will catch you guys on the flip side. We hope you have a good evening, morning, afternoon.